Hi everyone, welcome into the Irish NFL show. Michael McQuitt, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, Mr. Mark, Patriots fan Cockerell. Today, our AFC East preview for the 2022 NFL season, which gets underway September the 11th, Sunday, when all these teams start to play. Um, excited to welcome everyone listening on our podcast, watching on YouTube, on Twitter, wherever you're watching us. Welcome in. You're very, very welcome. Falcha. We're going to go through each team and then we're going to give our picks for the division in the order that we think they're going to finish. And we are, gents, going to start off with the easiest discussion topic right now the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Calm the Buffalo Bills robbed completely robbed last season and now the rule has changed so at least josh allen will get to possess the ball one more time is there a team in the nfl that is anywhere near as good as this buffalo bills team is now because it seems as if this could be the year it could be but they'll i think there are probably eight teams that would genuinely have a chance of saying it, it could be their year yeah, in ways the Bills are Robson. In other ways, the 13 seconds. 13 seconds is all they had to hold on for. And and that, to me, is is the big question around this. You know, what sort of impact does that have? And can, um, I, su- I suppose, Sean McDermott get them over that? Ha- has that been lingering? Um, or will that be fuel that they need um, to face into uh, the new season? Look, they they have an incredible QB uh, in Josh Allen. Can I just say, because this has wrecked my head for years, people keep going on as if like Josh Allen, the, the third year breakout came out of nowhere. Josh Allen had people saying he was generational talent. Not everyone. There were loads of people who had, cube, who had questions about him. But there were people saying Josh Allen should go number one in the draft, right, when he was going into it. There were plenty of people who talked about his incredible arm. So this I, idea that he had no talent is, is A, ridiculous. And, yeah, he had a poor first year. He led the Bills to the playoffs in his second season, right? So this notion that like he the third year came out of nowhere, nonsense. The the guy has always had talent. He's consistently developed. He's shown more maturity, more leadership the whole all, all the time. His willingness to uh, work on his game is incredible. So to me, he is just a fantastic quarterback. I I. You know, again, um, I think he is up there amongst the the, the elites. Um, I would say you have to like what the the Bills have done, right? Um, granted, I, I have that question mark about thirteen seconds, but they've depth at wide receiver, they've added depth at running back, they've added depth at tight end, they've added Von Miller, um, some very nice what should be um pieces uh in in the draft yeah the bills um should be there or thereabouts and they last year probably benefited a little bit from um the the strength the schedule that they they had at that time but i think they really found their identity towards the end of the season and when um after the the loss to the Patriots, I think they really truly found their offensive identity. I think they will lean into that more, and I expect them to have a really good year. I'm keen to see how the relationship between the new offensive coordinator and Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen materializes because he, Brian David, who was there last year, and he got a lot of credits for the fact that he, that how good Josh Allen has become. He's obviously moved on to be a head coach in the league, and I, I think back to 
well, it's not the exact same similarities. Um, if you recall when Kyle Shanahan left Atlanta and he went to become a head coach and Steve Sarkeesian came in to be the offensive coordinator of the Falcons and everybody said it would just be the exact same as last year and this would be a still an explosive offense and it never materialised and he quickly was shown the door. I don't think we're going to be in a situation like that. But I look at the running game as well. I mean, they've, they came so close to winning that game and if, I would say most Buffalo Bills fans would still say their running game hasn't been as effective as it should be. Singletary, Zach Moss, they brought in James Cook. He's re- he's one I'm really excited to see. James Cook was brought in, in the second round and I felt he would go in the tour and people are saying he's going to be a standout running back for them and that would really help their offense. And Yes, they've done a lot on defense, but I would also caveat that with the fact that they've let six players from the defense, six players that were involved in that, in that Kansas City Chiefs game are no longer with that defense. So they've looked to refresh and maybe refresh in a good way. But yeah, I would agree they are standout favorites for the division, standout favorites for to go to Super Bowl and certainly be back in the position where they were last year. It leaves going to the championship game, but again, we've seen other seasons where it just hasn't come to pass because of the previous season being so good that it's a given that they're going to come back. Are they rightly favourites? Yes, but I'm not taking anything for granted in the NFL where we've been here before with teams that we assume are going to come back strong and hasn't materialised, so it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. They call it the not-for-long league, don't they, the NFL? Um, But the reality is I think these Buffalo Bills have been around for the last few years and they're going to be around for a few years longer um, because the reality is like we talk about Belichick and Brady together, McDermott and Allen together as a pair are extremely impressive and I think they make the difference. Sean McDermott uh, continues to grow as a head coach, continues to grow in terms of how he approaches matters. And yes, of course, the playoff was extremely disappointing. Of course, the 13 seconds may haunt Buffalo fans just as much as Wyatt Bright, just as much as so many other playoff disappointments in their past. But, you know, we've been fortunate enough to talk to people like Jim Kelly and Steve Tasker, like, you know, Buffalo royalty, effectively. And they rave about Josh Allen and the leadership he shows and the way this team is coming together. I think James Cook will be like his predecessor back in the day and find Australia. He won't find Australia. He'll find a running game for the Bills, which is something they seriously lack. If I could point to one potential Achilles heel, it's still the O-line. They're still very underinvested in the O-line, and it's not made holes in the running game. Josh Allen's escapability has given him opportunities in the passing game, but we're picking holes at a team that has been and continues to be the class act in this division. Um, Tredavious White is still the absolute lockdown corner. He always has been. They've got talent in spades in multiple positions across um, the defense. And Josh Allen has made, you might consider some reasonably pedestrian wide receivers look like superstars. Um, As long as he's there, as long as Sean McDermott are there, they will continue to be the number one favorite in the AFC East year in, year out. And that hurts. That really hurts to say that. But it's I mean, true. I'm sure much deserve him. It's been, what, 30 years of Belichick? And... I'm sure it does, Mark. I just want, like, I probably feel that it sounds a little bit negative on the Bills. Absolutely not. I just think the expectations are so high for this team. Like, you talk to fans of every team. Who do you think is going to win Super Bowl? The Bills, the Bills, the Bills. Like, we know it's never transpires the way people think. So, Will they? It's just such a strong side. But again, we've seen we've seen these things before. So I'm just trying to manage people's expectations. I'm going to be a bit like bootlegger and keep this one short and sweet, lads. Josh Allen in the playoffs last year completed 79 percent of his passes, through nine touchdowns, no interceptions, at 10.6 yards per attempt. 
he is unbelievable. The only question mark that this team has is the transition from Dayball to Dorsey. They've brought in Von Miller at the time of recording in August, in mid to, mid to late August, Von Miller is pushing for Odell to come in. If Odell comes in, if this team doesn't win the Super Bowl, it's a huge failure in Buffalo. The time is now. They need to go and win it and get over the line. But this team is going nowhere in terms of this. Like This division is Buffalo's for the next 10 years easy if they want it. There are two teams in the, the AFC at the minute that I think are stacked with talent. One is the Los Angeles Chargers. The other is the Buffalo Bills. Their defense in 2021 only allowed 4.8 yards per pass attempted. This year, they've got Von Miller as well. Sweet Jesus, Nazareth lads. Like, this is the year. Buffalo fans, book the flights to Arizona and come meet us for on February the 12th. We may see you there. We'll definitely see you in the, in the AFC Championship game in Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield Stadium. Okay. Um, uh, a quick one. Sorry, I don't see how where Odell Beckham fits into this team. The problem, the, the, James, that, Trevor, that's, the, that's the point. He doesn't, which says it all. It's hilarious. Like, like fire him in, yeah, but put, put him in for a few. I mean, but like, yeah, I, see, that's what I don't think they do. I think what the GM Brandon Bean has built, he's built a, a team in unison. One that are, uh, Jameson Crowder's coming from the Jets. Who, you know, I know the Jets have had some difficult times, but he was productive enough, and I think he would be a good complement to the team. Take it out from Cole Beasley. I'll leave it there. You just want him back in New York, man. I mean, that that's it. He might go to New York to visit the Empire State Building or something, but sure, we'll see. Right, anyway, look, let's 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 stay in the game here. Next up are the Miami Dolphins. And the Miami Dolphins have actually went out this year and made major upgrades. Are they next? No? Hey, the the New England Patriots. I, I know they're, they're okay. I know they're Patriots. easy to to forget given um, the way in which la- last season ended in that thumping loss uh, to the Buffalo Bills, where the Bills didn't have to punt a single time. And um, Bill Belichick had to sit and he had to watch as, um, you know, they truly was um, the the last vestiges of the, 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 the empire that he had built for so long kind of fell apart. And, um, but yeah, they finished second in the division um, last year. It has been a huge season of, of change in ways because Josh McDaniels moved on, but they brought some familiar faces um, back in and they're not going with an offensive coordinator, apparently. Uh, it's going to be some somewhat by committee. Um, you know, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. Um, you know, I I think uh, <laughs> the Broncos have had some really bad head coaches, but um, they go a long way to to find two worse than those. Much better as co- as coordinators, but equally seem to be juggling a lot in uh, New England. I think it it's tough. Um, you you never want to bet against Bill Belichick, um, because. He is capable of um, brilliance. Uh, This is a man who uh, people kind of obviously look at his head coaching record. But Belichick had his game plan for the Super Bowl in the Hall of Fame before he became a a head coach. Uh, So um, that's something to to bear in mind. But um, it is difficult to, to see how this Patriots team 
is just like the Titans, how it's better um, than it was last year, even with Mac Jones taking, uh, you know, steps in, in his second year. It's difficult to say that they're probably even as good as they they were last year for, for me. It's, it's really unusual. It's probably... Um, you know, uh, a couple of decades um, after Brady, there was all the intrigue, like, can they make it work? Now we've kind of seen it. So there is kind of there's less of the intrigue. And there is just like, you know, you never you never want to, to count them out. But I don't know. I think it's a tough year for the Patriots. I think it's telling that the storyline of the offseason is the offensive coordinator situation. Um, I don't know. I'm interested in what Mark thinks in this, but I, I did listen to Tom Quirin of NBC Boston this morning, and he, he suggested that uh, Belichick wants to revamp the offense completely, and he just can't seem to find the right person who's going to do that with him, and therefore he doesn't want to jump the gun and bring in any offensive coordinator. So he allowed, he's, in, he's going to let it ride with the two guys, and ultimately by midpoint of the season, one of them will then be declared the offensive coordinator. But they still have players in there that were there last year, Mac Jones seems to be having an inconsistent training camp from what I'm reading. But again, how much do you read into that? I think they'll be good, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But I still think that we've seen, we've been down the road before with Belichick. Um, you brought in Devontae Parker, which I think is surprising in itself, might actually turn out to be a good free agency zone. We've seen players come into the Patriots that aren't star names and have had really good, interesting careers. I am keen to see how John Smith gets on in the second year because it just hasn't materialised. Hunter Henry's been much more efficient. He's built up a greater relationship with Mac Jones, but they brought the two of them in to be the kind of powerhouse monster of two tight ends. And I wouldn't suggest it was back to the Hernandez and Gronk days, but it was essentially it was like, can you cover both? And probably not. So one of them will reap the benefits of the other guy being double team. It'd be interesting. I think they've got some few players on defense coming. There was a couple of rookies that were missed out last year because of injury. They're going to come back. So I think there's a freshness to the defense, and it'd be interesting to see how how they get on. But Overall, it's going to be like it's a difficult season. I think it's a, a year of transition again, and ultimately that's where the Patriots are at. Last year was for me it was a transition year, but it was kind of a given that they would still find their way into the playoffs. But I am very keen to hear what Mark has, has to say in the situation. Well, well, I I think the biggest and worst overblown media story of the off season has been this narrative about oh there's confusion with multiple offensive coordinators and they don't know what they're doing and things like that it's absolute nonsense like it's absolute nonsense do you think bill belichick the greatest head coach in the history of the nfl has anything other than absolute clarity behind the scenes with mac jones as to what is going to happen do you think he's going to throw his rookie or his sophomore quarterback you know into the walls in terms of like oh i don't know who's going to call your plays and we're going to make it up as we go along like that's ludicrous. The fact that Bill Belichick does not, as he has never done, explain every part of his decision-making and thought process to the media in every minutiae detail is just that's the way Bill Belichick is. And it drives them crazy that he doesn't explain himself. But to think that really behind the scenes that they are unclear in terms of who's going to call the plays and what's going to happen during the season, like that's, uh, it's in... In not only illogical, it's absolutely bizarre to think that people could actually really think that there's that degree of uncertainty. That being said, you know, where are the positives in this season for the Patriots? It seemed like last season ended on such a deflationary note. They weren't just, just eviscerated by the Bills in the playoffs. They were eviscerated by them towards the end of the regular season as well. There was no speed in the front seven. 
uh, and very little penetration as well. And not only that, the offense certainly in certain games seem to be found out a little bit more. I like Brian. I'm interested to see what Johnny Smith can bring. I think Damian Harris is going to run for over 1,200 yards because I think they're going to have to lean on him and the offensive line so heavily. But the real fear I have is where's the talent? Where's the talent and the defense? You know, uh, JC Jackson left. The front seven didn't look dynamic and they've let a lot of people go already, but I can't see the material upgrades there. And Bill Belichick can scheme and scheme and scheme. But in terms of pure talent and putting on the field, it looks like the weakest defense uh, of the Patriots in recent history. Do you bet against a head coach with the background he has? You know, it's difficult to say they don't have a chance, but it's certainly not all promising rosy lights into the future. Um, There's a lot of concerns. There's a lot of concerns in New England. There's a lot of concerns around the draft. I mean, I'm not going to bet against Bill Belichick's rate on uh, picking offensive lineman talent, but certainly Cole Strange was regarded by most as a bit of a stretch. I think Sean McVay's laughter uh, at the Rams was notable, but they're the Super Bowl champions. They can laugh at whoever they like. Um, At the same token... Uh, They had a great draft last year. It seemed like things were moving in the right direction. There are some good young pieces of talent, um, but they don't have the firepower to keep up with the Bills. And indeed, you look at some of the moves the Dolphins have made, you say on a pure talent basis, how and where are the Patriots going to keep up with that as well? Let's start off with the positives. Um, The Patriots offensive lineman, only allowed 117 pressures last season. Mark, uh, the average for all of our teams was 171. Uh, Mac Jones had a good first season in comparison to the rest of his draft class. But, you know, you Trevor Lawrence, who, I mean, Jesus, did he even play it properly last year? Zach was, I, mean, um, I think the coaching thing is a massive issue. I think it was, if it was any other team in the league, they'd be up in uproar. I think it's an absolute disgrace. I don't know what the hell they're at. But I think the main concern this year for the Patriots is the jump from year one to year two for Mac Jones. Because if anybody watching the show goes back to early to late November or mid to late November, there's been stuff said about Mac Jones as if we're expecting a big, big, big jump here. And for him to get this big jump, it's for him to improve his, his athleticism for there to be less pressure on him but also to have more people to throw the ball to is somebody like Fortin that they've drafted or Devante Parker going to allow him allow Mac Jones to get to that next stage I genuinely do not know I will tell you this I have been going 0-4 for first four weeks of the season as it stands um, I just don't get what's going on there's something really really strange about this team I don't understand it. Is Bill throwing it in the tile? Does he really give? Like I'm joking, Mark. I'm joking. I just look at I look at Miami and what they've done in six months. I look at Buffalo. They haven't a chance in hell of winning the AFC East. I don't think. Like I mean, I don't think the Patriots make the playoffs. Like, I mean, that's that's where I am with them. You can't polish a turd, as we say up here. I think the I, I would disagree with Mark in terms of the, like. I'm not saying there's confusion, Mark. I'm not like, but it is a storyline in itself. Okay, it's been lingering for quite a while, and maybe it's a play with Belichick. Maybe he said, "Let's keep the pressure on this. Let's get the media focus on this, and it takes away from the players and less the players get on with things." I would say, is it a big, bigger storyline than it needs to be? Probably not, because 
you've seen head coaches call the plays. They have offensive coordinators. I mean, Sean McVay has called the plays, by and large, for a lot of games last season. Kevin O'Connell's there. Kevin O'Connell's now head coach in the league. So we've seen how offensive coordinators there, but head coaches are ultimately the ones calling the plays. And there's still a question mark in New York who's going to call the plays. Is it going to be Kafka or is it going to be Brian David? So I'm not saying Belichick's calling the plays, but does it, if once he knows the playbook, Mac Jones knows the playbook, does it really matter who's putting the play into him? I just think what will happen is after a period of time running the season, he'll make it. He'll get to a stage where he's comfortable. I mean, Mac Jones will be feeding in. I'm more comfortable getting the information in from Matt Patricia as opposed to Joe Judge or, or vice versa. And maybe that's where what inevitably will come to one of them calling plays. I think if this was any other team in the league, we wouldn't be having this discussion. We'd all think it was nuts. No, no, not at all, Michael. Because the Patriots many years have not had coordinators. Didn't have a defensive coordinator Brady last year. No, 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 no. Brady wasn't. Michael Brady wasn't there last year. They didn't have a defensive coordinator last year. They've had many years where they haven't nominated a coordinator. Like I say, Bill Belichick's kind of earned more than a bit of kind of kudos in relation to this. He has less uh, assistant coaches than any other uh, team in the entire league. He intentionally keeps a light coaching staff. The idea that. Oh, it's complete chaos. It's nonsensical. It's actually ludicrous. It's just the media being noisy and annoyed that Bill Belichick doesn't feel the need to explain every minutiae of his decision-making to them. All right, let's, let's look at the Dolphins because the Dolphins are, you know, they're probably higher up in our estimation here anyway, and it's a big, it's a big year for the Dolphins. I'm impressed, Colin, with what they've done in the offseason. Uh, Tua, um, it's a bit like Steve Staunton whenever he took that Ireland job. He said the buck stops... The, the buck stops with me. By Jesus, the buck stops with Tua this year. This is it, isn't it? This is Tua's year before Tom comes in next year after he goes home and cries for another 11 months. Um, well, it has to be the Tua's year. But um, it, look, it's uh, the, the Dolphins have had such a, a strange offseason given everything that's gone on. And Steve, Stephen Ross apparently... Um, was guilty of just about everything, including uh, tampering with Sean Payton and with Tom Brady, though apparently that's they, they it's grand on their part, just on his part. But not, not there was no way that he asked anyone to to like to tank or to lose any games. That the investigation found there definitely no evidence of that, no suggestion that that was at all possible. Everything is hunky dory on that side of things. Everything else guilty that no definitely, um, you know definitely didn't bring the league into disrepute there in any way, shape or form. All that said, I really like Mike McDaniel as a coordinator. I'm intrigued to see how that's going to work as a head coach, um, both for him and for Kyle Shanahan. We'll get into that in the NFC previews. But he, like, I mean, th- this is definitely uh, kind of, you know, revenge of the nerds uh, because he, he is not, he is the antithesis of Bill Belichick, okay? He's into Yeezy, he's into his shoes, he's into being friendly with the players, he's into being friendly with the media. I mean, talk about night and day, chalk and cheese. Uh, but he is a brilliant, brilliant football mind. And it will be really interesting to see if he can, you know, make it work as a head coach. He's brought in 
good players for, who will should fit his system. They've retained their defensive coordinator. Some murmurings that some players weren't too happy with that, but it probably makes sense to to me that they did that. The, the defense, I think, was good. Um, you know, uh, certainly uh, had had a lot of moments last year. I think after a few years where, you know, the the Dolphins would go on these crazy runs. They'd start off so poorly and then they'd go on these these mad runs. They will certainly be looking to, you know, have a, a bit more stability in the, the Mike McDaniel era. But yeah, how good this team is and, and ultimately where they finish, it comes down to Tua. I'm interested to see what the offense is going to be like because everybody assumes it's going to be like very pass orientated offense with Tyreek Hill and Wilson, another wide receiver that's come in from the Cowboys. You've got Jalen Waddle there from last year who was really productive. Mark talks about his love affair with Gaziki, the tight end. And, but then you look at three running backs for brought in. Chase Edmonds on day one, immediately on free agency, was signed. Mostert comes in from the 49ers who's been good when he's, when he's fit and he's had injury difficulties. And then one which is kind of Floating out under the radar is Sony Michel, who's just come over as well from from the Rams, who had a good time in the East playing for for the Pages as well, winning the Super Bowl. So I am very keen to see. And then just on the offensive line themselves, they brought in a stranger. I thought it was Connor Williams coming in for the Cowboys. He got absolutely destroyed in that playoff game against the 49ers. But Armstead has come in from the Saints, and it was a bit of unusual for him because he was highly sought after for such a long time. But then when free agency started, all the injury concerns and risks were around him. So it'll be interesting to see if he can stay fit for the season. And you talk about the, the head coach, yeah, he seems like an essential character and I, I'm unsure as to what kind of relationship he's going to have with the players because he's the kind of guy that, if we're winning, everybody loves him. But as they start to lose games, the teams quickly change and it's such a difficult division and can they keep up with the Bills? And Tua, for me, I said it on their show recently, this is a make or break year. If he doesn't get them into the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs, I don't think he's back next year. I feel the narrative will be this team is a team that can be really pushing for the division, potentially to be in the playoffs and making a deep run. And if that doesn't materialise, I don't think to be hanging around waiting for two. to be given another year. I think they'll find another way, another avenue to go after a quarterback next offseason. So here's my thoughts on the Dolphins. The reality is that if you're a Dolphins fan, you must have been smiling. There were Christmas presents to beat the band during the offseason. You know, Tyreek Hill comes over. That's great because now you can pair him with Jalen Waddle. And what can they do? They can get you the yards after the catch. Who do you pair that with as a head coach? Mike McDaniel. What have the San Francisco 49ers led the league on the last three years? Oh, that's right. Yards after the catch. His offensive scheme is designed to get key playmakers open. And look what you've got. Two of the best playmakers in the NFL with the ball in hand in open space. So, again, and we can talk about all the different offseason acquisitions. They have loaded up on talent. The guy's right. It begins and ends with Tua, but the other key piece where it begins and ends is what about the ownership? When we're dealing with an off-season where they have an unprecedented loss of a first-round pick, where you've had an unprecedented scenario. I mean, we had nine, and obviously the expression Conor Cruz O'Brien about goo-boo. I mean, that's effectively what Goodell said about the Dolphins. Never have we seen such unprecedented scale of interference with a star coach and a star player of other teams affecting multiple teams over multiple years and never has he seen the scenario where ownership has been so heavily involved in that we talk all the time about the trifecta yes the head coach is so critical yes the quarterback is so critical and all the players and yes ownership matters ownership does matter at the end of the day and that 
and you know is not creating the conducive structure and system for a tua or whoever to succeed in that regard. A lot of time for Mike McDaniel, a lot of time for the personnel moves they've made. Um, but I wonder, is the franchise somewhat dysfunctional and challenged in terms of the underlying circumstances? But don't worry, Dolphins fans, if you're worried that your franchise might be a bit dysfunctional, we're about to talk about the Jets in a minute, and they are way more dysfunctional. So there's always a bright side. There always is. That's that's the good thing about life. Uh, I think we were... We were interviewing Jakob Janssen, uh, either the Tyreek Hill trade happened during the call or it happened immediately after. I actually remember that day and it's hard to believe within the space of a week, uh, Taron Armstead, Tyreek Hill comes in and I have to give it to Miami. You know, Miami have went out this season. They brought in McDaniel, a football mind coach, but more so about that. I'll talk about that in a second. But they have given to everything he needs. How many teams in this league have sacked their quarterback and got rid of him just because, oh, we didn't have a great season? Like, you know, they've literally given him everything he needs on both sides of the ball. This is it for him, okay? Now, I think, and I feel sorry for Miami Dolphins fans because I feel that they are miles better than the Patriots and they are galaxies better than the Jets. The issue that they're going to have this season is well, what's the win total to get into the wild card? Because the AFC is a different plethora. If they're in the NFC, it's a different conversation. Uh, McDaniel, I said the whole football element of it. You've got a man that who has openly talked about his struggles previously when he first started coaching, like his lack of confidence, and he feels that he's the guy they can take to his confidence and bring it back and take it and evolve it to that elite level where he feels as a quarterback that he can get back or get to where he needs to be to lead this Dolphins team in the future. I'm really intrigued to see how this works because there could be a situation where the Dolphins are a really, really good team. I'm not going anywhere near the level of Buffalo because of their defense and their offense. I haven't said Tyreek Hill. I just, I'm going to be intrigued to see where, you know, how, how far off they are from the Bills at the end of the season. I think McDaniel football wise, he's gonna turn them into some sort of like nerdy team where they're going with read optional plays one second, they're running the ball, or going four verticals the next. I think it's gonna be great crack. I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, but outside of you know of any team in the AFC, they're the one with the most potential, the one that can improve even more. Um, and I'm 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 really excited to see it. Uh, a guy that we had on last year, Thomas Moore, says there as well. So, best of luck, Thomas. And, and Michael, talking about defense for a second, they've got a lot to improve on that side. Melvin Ingram coming in, you know, potentially improve that pass rush that was a bit anemic at times. They've made steps both sides of the ball. So it's not, you know, we, the offense is the big shiny tools. There's no doubt about that. But there's there's a lot that they've done both sides there. And the defensive improvement could be significant also. Really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, they need to have a more efficient defense, 100%. So, uh, who we got, boys? Column, who we got? AFC East. Go for it. I'm just realizing how irrelevant the Jets are. That I forgot about them. New York Jets. <laughs> uh, at the time, that actually happened. <laughs> at the time of recording, Column, Zach Wilson um, in August had uh, an injury in preseason. And it's ironic at the day of recording this show that the news has come out. So, our mindset now is we're not sure how long he's going to be out for. It would seem to be unlikely 
that he might start week one. Like Colin, this is the guy that needed needed the practice, needed the preseason. Um, just wonder what your thoughts are, maybe on that, and also on the Jets this season. Yeah, he he did. Like there was so much buzz about Zach Wilson before the the draft, but you'd have to say he was enormously disappointing last year, right? In his rookie season, he flashed but not at all consistently. Um, and and the, the flashes were few and far between. And you can say it, it's the rookie season and therefore he needs to, you know, he'll do better in, in his second year, but he needed to to really take the step up um, be, because he just, he wasn't good. He wasn't, you could not call him an NFL starting quarterback based on what he showed last year. And to lose this, it's it's less than ideal, right? No matter how long he's out, because this is essentially um, a referendum on Zach Wilson. I think they have tried to do right by him. They've tried to put pieces in, um, and now they need to, to see what he can do. There was a lot of hope for, for this team, you know, when Salah came in. Um, but last season, it was a huge disappointment, so they were hoping to, to get it right. Obviously, Becton's injury um, doesn't help. Um, and, you know, they... Uh, you just you just wonder, um, are, you know, you see all the stuff. Are are they cursed? It definitely um, feels a little bit maybe like like Mayo. They have some guys returning who should help, especially on the the pass rush. Um, you know, you you would like to see honestly because their fans are so long suffering. You'd like to see them uh, do well, but then you see the. Which Sally even admitted himself the egregious late hit on Jalen Hurts, which came about a fortnight after he'd gotten rid of the ball. Um, and Sally admitted it was egregious, but seemed to be more annoyed about just the the yards that it had cost him, uh, rather than acknowledging that it was a dangerous play. Um, I imagine if Zach Wilson was to take that sort of hit from, say, Jordan Davis, three hundred and fifty pound man, uh, I can imagine he would have. Um, you know, made Nick Sirianni's reaction look tame. Uh, so hopefully that's the last of that nonsense that we see. I think the Jets, unfortunately, are in for a tough year. And um, it there, there, there are bright spots, I think, there on the roster. And hopefully they'll look to develop. But I think it will be tough sledding for them. I think it's uh, it's it's amazing how the Jets narrative, if you, re- if you listen to the media, uh, can change very quickly because last couple of days leading to the confirmation that Zach Wilson and, and all like that has gone to week one, they, now they're changing to, to, to suggest that they can win with Joe Flacco at quarterback because they've done so well in the offseason with Garth Wilson coming in as the 10th pick and the second round pick being a running back, which a lot of teams wanted in Reese Hall and they're two, two explosive players and they've got some explosive players from last year and they brought in... Um, the Bengals tied end, and that was quite a bit of a surprising move. Tyler Conklin's come in. They feel they've they built a nice offense to allow any quarterback to build around that team. And then on defense with Jermaine Johnson, late first round pick that a lot of people had going in the top 15. They moved back up to get him. They saw Scardner, so they've done some nice things on defense. Jack Lawson is returning. He was injured and out for, for last season. I can see why Jets fans have genuine hope for this season. I think they've brought in some really nice players. And I'm not entirely sure whether Zach Wilson would be the right man in the long run anyway. So it'd be interesting to see how many games they do win. 
with Joe Flacco initially before Zach Wilson comes in, but geez, they've got a hell of a start. Actually, if you look at their schedule, I don't have it offhand, but they have a really difficult schedule. I'd argue it's week six or week seven before they have a realistic up chance of winning a game, and that's against the Dolphins, so we're all quite high on anyway. But they start with the Ravens. I think they go to the Steelers quickly after that. Um, that's a difficult game in itself, going into whatever they're calling Heinz Field these days. But I still feel that they are moving in the right direction. Zach Wilson has had a good off-season. I don't think we shouldn't complain too much about the off-season which he's had. I mean, he's had a very productive off-season off, off the field, if we were to re, uh, believe the reports, in which we've um, read over the past while. So um, confidence are high with him <laughs> going this season. Uh, apologies. But um, look, I think the Jets might be a bit more of a surprise than people think. I think they might shock a few teams this, this season. But unfortunately, I don't think they'll be shocking the Ravens week one, which is unfortunate because when we did do the live show at Valley Mount, we, me and Michael suggested that the Jets would win that game. Mark, just to cover ourselves, because it's mid-August, uh, currently there are 27 million reasons why the Jets won't go after Jimmy Garoppolo. However, you got Lafleur, Salah, like that's that combination of that 49ers system that would, that would, quite frankly, be the perfect fit for them. But until the 49ers were to maybe release... Jimmy Garoppolo, then it would be more affordable for him. So we're going on the presumption that it will be Joe Flacco. Uh, and obviously Salah has been very vocal about Joe Flacco. It's it's funny, Michael. That's exactly where I was going to take us in terms of my comments on it. I mean, if, if, if you're a Jets fan, if you're an NFL fan, the Jets, like, ostensibly won the draft. Now, it's always hard to say this. You have to look at it three years after and see. But they won the draft. They had an amazing draft, by all intents and purposes. They had a great offseason. They have in Robert Sala a fantastic coach. We give him Mike McDaniel the ball. It's quite rightly, but Robert Sala is a great coach. Uh, whether he's a great head coach, he's obviously got to prove that point, but he is a great defensive line. Um, but the problem for the Jets is, one, they're the Jets. But secondly, let's look at the quarterback rankings in the AFC, shall we? Right up here. Okay, I was using mountains when I was using, uh, we're talking about the AFC West before, so we'll try and keep that. At the top, the pinnacle of the, thing, uh, of the mountain, you've got, you know, Josh Allen, very clearly in relation to it. Somewhere around base camp, you've got Mac Jones. You know, climbing his way to try and find where base camp is, you've got Tua. And then it's not even that he's at the mountain. He's somewhere in a swimming pool kind of having a laugh is Zach Wilson. He's not even climbing. He doesn't even know there's a mountain. He doesn't know he's supposed to climb. He's been so far behind and one of the worst rookie seasons ever seen in the NFL. And unless he dramatically improves, the Jets don't have a chance. Like, it does fall very heavily on the quarterback. Now, sorry, they don't have a chance. That's unfair. They're going to have a really good defense. They're probably, they could lead the league in sacks, they could win a few games 3-0, maybe 6-0 in terms of field goal kicking, but Zach Wilson has been absent without leave and until he decides to turn up and show up for service and actually perform good luck, you have all the great off seasons in the world, you can have all the great drafts in the world, but that's what they need to do to turn the ship around Uh, and obviously I'm presuming Flacco might be halfway up the mountain. Becton is out for the season. Um, For the Jets, that's one major issue that they're having. It's one issue that we can talk about because it actually has happened, even though the whole Wilson big question mark is there. Um, Talking about that defense, that defense allowed 504 points last season. 
only two teams since 2010 have allowed more than 500 points. So I am intrigued to see how the defense gets better. Um, they won the draft. Sauce Gardner is going to be an absolute beast. I can't wait to watch him in the league. I think for the Jets this year, it's the combination of, again, pretty much like Miami, continuity. Allowing Salah to embed himself, allowing Lafleur to continue to try and improve that offense, regardless who's under center or quarterback. I think they've got a few targets. Whenever Zach Wilson comes back, get Zach again embedded into this offense, allow him to progress more, but less mistakes, less, less mistakes. And I think they need to look at a game like the Patriots at Foxborough this year, and they need to go in and they need to try and win a game like that or at home because they're well capable of doing so if the team does live up to his expectations on paper because the Patriots have taken a step back. They're too far behind Miami and Buffalo. Jesus, there's, there's generations behind Buffalo. So that could be their target this year. I'm not saying they're going to do that, Mark, but I'm saying that could be their target. Because I remember we were sitting in Dublin and they got beat by about 50 points against Mac Jones. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, that's for me. Uh, I'd love to see the Jets do well. Because they're probably going to be in London every 24 months now. So we we might as well embrace it. Um, That's it for me in terms of the AFC East. Brian, you have a point to make at the end of this. uh, I I think it's already wrong. I think there is some better players on the offensive line that people are giving credit. And I think Mackay Beckton's situation and the injury and the way situation has taken too much time and attention off the fact that players like George Fant are there and Vera Tucker's coming into his second year to just sign Joanne Brown, who's with Seahawks. So there is good players there that if the quarterback can be held upright, they could be productive enough. But I still think it's a Big ask for any quarterback, Joe Flacco or Wilson, to make that big step up to bring the team to where they need to be. But I still feel there's some really decent players, and I still do like the job in which Joe Douglas is trying to put together there. DJ Reed is built for Salah's defensive style in the league as well. Um, okay, Colin, who have we got? So Jets first, um, Dolphin second. <laughs> what's the plan? First, first in what? Um, the no look this is this should be the the buffalo bills um all, all day long if if mike mcdaniel and that era um takes off you i would have them as favorites above the the patriots given uh the patriots personnel and i think what they have um to to work with especially on on defense you look malcolm butler as we're recording this tonight has gone on ior i know he's probably only a backup but he, when the backups are gone um i really think um bill belichick is a magician but you know there there's not going to be a rabbit to pull out of the hat so for me it's the the bills the dolphins the patriots um, and and the Jets and I think for the Jets really it is at the end of the season much like say the the Texans in some way but the the Jets have more talent I I think the Jets could be capable of you know if Zach Wilson takes the step can the the Jets win nine games yeah they can they could have a winning record but it's all on Zach Wilson I don't know if he's capable of making the step but I think the Patriots will finish ahead of the Jets I agree with that order hundred percent. Um... I'm with the Bills to win the division. I have the Dolphins going to the playoffs. Patriots lagging behind and toward and Jets in the final place. I actually do think they'll be a lot closer than people think. I think um, I think we're going to see a strong Dolphins run this year. Um, will it be enough to win the division? No, but I don't think it's going to be a case that the Bills are in November, going into December, four or five game lead in the division and more focusing on when they get the number one seed. I think it's going to be a lot tighter than people think. Yeah, let, let's make it a hat trick. 
Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Lock of the season for me. Um, Bills, Dolphins, streets ahead. Patriots under 7.5 wins. I think the total's an absolute joke for the over. And the Jets, three wins. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to the show, folks, and we're watching it on YouTube or Twitter or wherever you're watching it on your mob on your mobile device, whatever you want to call it, comment, like, share, subscribe, complain at clearly biased takes on my part, maybe different opinions, saying that maybe Joe Flacco isn't as good as Mac Jones, even though he's got a ring. Um just let just let us know what you think. I mean, we're here, we're gonna talk about the AFC NFC teams. Want to find Cassidy Travel? Uh, it's our travel partner. Uh, you can check out Cassidy Travel. Use a search engine, all different social media channels. Go on to their website, NFL section. Loads of different cheap trips, really, really cheap trips. And we all know the crack over here from Dublin. You get the pre-clearance. So head on up, see if you are. Don't be queuing up in passport in DC or New York, wherever you want to go. Uh, thank you all for watching. Michael O'Quinn, Colin Crone, and Brian O'Leary, Mark Cockrell. Until next time on our season previews. It's uh, it's long apart from me. Good night.